Miss Betty Wells has our special this morning.
Amen. Thank you, Miss Betty. And uh, that is so true. A lot of theology in that song. And just realizing how um, Jesus sees what's ahead of us. And he knows exactly what you're going through in your life. Um, If you picked up a bulletin, of course, look at the message there. And just for a little while this morning, I want to be talking about the subject of what is faith promise. It was uh, five years ago this month that we began, not, not a program, because Sunday school is a program. Awana is a program, and Upward is a program. A lot of great programs have been started uh, there's uh, even Wednesday night Bible study could be that way, but just getting together and studying God's Word, basically a program. Some churches call it a ministry, and that's more accurate because all of these things are a service to you and the community to offer a service. Now, this two words, faith promise, is not a program. It's not really even a ministry. It's a principle that many churches, including Promised Land, have uh, embraced a practice and a principle. In other words, can we practice this principle in our lives? Be As I get ready for this, uh, let's just go ahead and everybody kind of get your A Bible limbered up, if you want to, you can find your place in these three scriptures. I know they're kind of spread out, but they're not that far apart. And once you get your fingers there, and uh, and then in Hebrews chapter 11, somebody said that's the scriptural evidence that men are supposed to brew coffee when it says Hebrews. Instead of Shebrews, I know that's an old joke. I love it, though, because I love coffee. And then in Second Peter, chapter 3, just a few more pages and ever how you want to do that. And then if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. In honor to God and His Word, it won't take but just a second. Either if follow along, or if you don't have the Bible open, just listen along. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Then in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Word of God says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And then lastly, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Word of God says, The, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of, the, of, day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I ask that You would help us this morning go over this principle from Your Word that has blessed our church to see what Your message has for us this morning. I thank You for the ones that are here. Help us to be open and listening as Your Holy Spirit leads. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for listening and reading along with me. Uh, I've got in the, if you have, again, a bulletin, just follow along and, and I just talk about the history of it and also what faith promise means. Now, again, I, I want it to kind of be a booster shot this morning because this has been a blessing to us. Now, now what I'm going to set up this morning, because I know I'm doing this on Sunday morning, we've got church members and guests, and how can I preach this? Number one, let me go ahead and say this. Um, you know, as much as a lot of uh, people stereotype preachers, and I'm not preaching about uh, simply just giving more money. To the church. That's not the purpose of this message. And if you follow along, you'll see that. It is, we do give. You got to have lights and you got to, uh, I mean, if really and truly some churches, I mean, they have church with absolutely zero bills. Those are called house churches, by the way. And you have to do that. You got to have everything volunteer given. And that's true. You can have a house church. Without a, uh, without any bills, without even any paid staff and a volunteer preacher and pastor and, uh, and they, things have grown from there. But what is faith promise? Well, number one, faith is simply this. Let's define our terms so everybody is on the same page. Faith is this. A lot of people quote Hebrews 11.1 1, trying to define faith. That's not a definition of faith. It's the description of it. Okay? It's not a definition. The faith is simply believing or trusting without having to see it or have proof. That's it. Just simple. I mean, I, ha I can, you can have faith in me. I can have faith in you. I don't, you don't have to prove it. I just believe you. Now, can you let me down? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Just a belief or trust. You had a belief that that pew would hold you up. You just looked at it. You know, you say, well, I see it, but you don't, you don't know. It could be made out of termite rotten wood and, it could let you down. But faith, that's what faith is. Without having any substantial proof or really even having to see it, I just believe that it is. You, some people say, I believe that they love me. Okay, I don't see, I can't see love, but I, I believe it exists. I believe, I have faith in God. I've never seen Him, but I have faith in Him. All right, then promise. 
Promise is another simple term, okay? It just means that a belief or this, that somebody's going to fulfill their word or what they're going to do, okay? Now, we've taken those two terms, and many years ago this was started, and uh, this stretches across all churches, and say, can I do something extra by faith and make a promise to God? And somebody said, we need to, can we expand our mission giving? And that's just, you take a principle and say, we'd like to do more for missions. And that's what we did five years ago. Many churches have done this. And here's how it works. I've got to run through this real quick because I want to challenge you. I want to thank Miss Gracie for helping me this morning when she put a bunch of extra uh, faith, uh, call them faith promise or mission offering envelopes. And many of, some of you might have used them already this morning. And, uh, oh, by the way, faith promise giving is for two, really for one group of people and a very specific group of people. Uh, we only want church members, obviously, to participate in faith promise. That's to help our mission. 100% of it goes to mission or reaching more missionaries and doing more mission work or sending people to do mission work or helping missionaries. 100%. And, uh, and then those only church members that tithe are asked to participate. If you're a church member and do not currently tithe, there's one principle or one statement we've made, and it just it's real easy, and we just say, would you pray about tithing? That simple. And that you don't even, I don't even have to ask you to, to do anything. I can just ask you to pray about it and let the Lord do the rest. He will lead you in what to do. Okay? So I'm, I'm not even going to preach to you about tithing. All right? I'm just going to ask you to pray about it. Read your Bible, ask me any questions, but that's between you and God. I know what God will lead you to do, so I'm leaving that between you and Him. So if you're a church member and if you tithe, that's the only people we want to participate in faith promise. Now, how does it work? <clears throat> we really haven't had a conference we need to, but here's how it works, and here's what's happened. Here, this was really cool. We ask people in our conference, Faith Promise Conference, to pray about it and say, well, if you currently tithe, say, okay, I tithe, I do. I, you know, I, I'm not, maybe I'm not 100%, but I, man, I'm 80, 90%. I, I give my tithe, you know, and, and so you're praying, but you say, I'm, okay, I tithe for the most part. All right, can you, will you participate in Faith Promise? And what people did was, is we had these little promise cards. And it wasn't a card of saying, between you and the church or like some churches do pledges it's between you and god and nobody has a name tied to it you don't put your name on it you just put that so people will have an estimate our mission committee can know what we can plan on doing as far as mission work and some people when we got all those cards in i remember the very first time we had some people said i'll give an extra five dollars a month and some people put on there, because they got paid weekly, I'll give an extra $5 a week. The biggest one, and there was only one, that said this. It said it was $50 extra a week. That's pretty. That's $200 a month. You know, so that, most of them were $1 and $5. And you add that up over a year times if it was weekly or monthly. And the very first faith promise five years ago this month, was $13,000 or $15,000 for a year. 
that all went to missions. That was pretty neat. And then we had another one later, and it went up to $24,000. And then we had another one later, and it went up to $31,000. Right now, if you see Miss Phyllis or whomever, you can look at it yourself. It averages anywhere from seventeen, eighteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month, which is on par for about twenty-four thousand. If it stays at two thousand, even because sometimes it goes above, sometimes it's below. But nevertheless, it's not about amounts. What it is is this, and this is really cool. This is what the cool part is. And we've had people share their testimony from here. I've asked Brother Lee one time. He went with me to a conference in Texas, and he shared his testimony. about Basically, it wasn't about him. It was about what God did through his commitment. And other people have shared similar stories about God just saying, well, if you're going to honor me, then it's, oh, by the way, this is not prosperity gospel. God is not saying anywhere in his word that if you give, he'll double it or tri- that's stupid sorry for that s word but that's what it is all right and uh that there's nowhere taught in scripture that if you give god he's gonna bless you most of his blessings that he gives you back are spiritual and i've got that in there for you most of the times when he blesses you it's spiritual blessings not physical blessings and you get a spiritual i mean which would you rather have a blessing that's going to break Oh, he's blessed me with a new boat. Yay! Then it breaks. Well, Lord, what did you bless me with a boat that breaks for? And how would you rather have an eternal blessing? How would you rather have a grandchild get saved? But these are these are all when you honor the Lord, He honors you, and it's not your your money. He will honor whatever you do if you give of your time, if you give of your effort. If you give of whatever, and again, it has been amazing. This has really blessed our church. Now, you say, well, I'm just, uh, man, number one, we may have people in here this morning that's A, not church members, or B, uh, you're not currently, what can I do? What message do you have for me this morning, Brother Michael? What is, I mean, I don't participate in faith promise, so what can this message do for me? We're about to get that. That's Roman numeral two. And we'll get to Malachi and just say, Malachi is about how do you view God and what do you, how's your relationship with Him? What do you do for Him? Do you, what do you know, have you ever heard the saying, whatever you put into something is what you're going to get out of it? It's kind of like, man, I love the way they play that instrument. But have you ever seen all the hours that they they practice that instrument? Or have you ever sat down at a meal and, and you say, and the cook, now this is awesome, this is the best peach cobbler I've ever had in my life. Am I making you all hungry? Okay. And uh, ice cream on top. Yeah, now we're talking, okay. And uh, this is awesome. You know, or you're eating that chicken enchilada or whatever, homemade. And it's awesome, but you you don't realize they've spent hours preparing that chicken enchilada or cooking, whatever it may be, and they've got it all, all that practice. They may have spent years perfecting the recipe on this particular item. All you're getting is the end results. And many people 
think, well, man, I'd love to be a Christian like that, or I'd love to know the Bible like that, or I'd love to have a Christian walk like that, but they've spent years studying the Bible, or reading, or preparing, or getting ready. And so that's a lot of what was, or some, I should say, was what was happening in Malachi. So, before I move on to point number two, what I would like to do is uh, just ask you to pray about this morning. If you haven't been participating or you've kind of maybe just forgotten about faith promise, two groups of people I want to talk to real quick. Number one, church members and church members that are not tithing, just pray about tithing. That's, you know, God will lead you. I just, I know that, so I'm just going to put it that away. Second group, church members that are tithing, but maybe you've forgotten about faith promise or haven't been doing that. Just, just pray about it. And especially if you're married, pray about it with your spouse and say, what do you think we ought to give? I've seen, this is really neat. I've seen spouses pray about an amount and then they, and they just wanted to see if God was leading them the same way. He said, you write down the number. I'll write down the number. And we'll show it to each other. And a lot of times it's the same number. It's kind of neat. It's kind of a, you can make a, a, a neat deal out of it. But it's pretty neat. But that, you know what that means? Number one, you're communicating with each other. Number two, you're praying with each other. <laughs> and that's two things that always go well in a marriage is prayer and communication. If you're missing those two things, your marriage can suffer and suffer some dents and dings. So prayer and communication, you better do those two things or you're going to have some dents and dings or even a crash along the way. Okay? Well, let's head to Malachi chapter 1. And so y'all pray about that. Like I say, just it could be $5. I'm talking $5 a month. Some people I know give 20, just different amounts. And some, well, I'm going to fix it. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. It's amazing how you do it. You can add it to your check, put it in that envelope. Any money that goes in those mission envelopes, if it's cash, goes to Faith Promise and those kind of things. So, but that's what, only reason we do this is because it has blessed our church tremendously because God honors His Word, number one, and God honors faith, okay? Malachi uh, chapter 1, the example of mockingly giving to God. Very last book in the Old Testament, and it does occur there. There's some other books, uh, such as Ezra and Nehemiah, really in chronological order. Ezra and Nehemiah, even though they're before the book of Psalms, go over here. They're right at the end of the Old Testament in chronological order. Uh, Kind of a neat thing. In Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, the Word of God says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priests that despise my name. And you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? And you offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. The word contemptible, if you have a King James Bible, means worthless or despised. 
And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Well, let me just stop there. And what was happening is people were giving their leftovers to God. You know, when he says, where is my honor? Where is my fear? God wants honor because he's God. God wants fear. He said, we give more honor to the president than to him. We give more honor to, man, somebody, the mayor walks in. It's the mayor, you know, the chief of police, the governor, Mike Beebe. What if he was here this morning? Oh, I want to get around and shake his hand. I want to meet governor or whatever. If it's somebody important, we will, it'll be neat to get a glimpse of them. Why? It's a form of honor. Even if you say, well, I don't care about the governor. I don't care about the president. But maybe we should honor the position. I know all of those positions are, 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 are occupied by fallible men, people that make mistakes. But many people give more honor to a, just a person than he said, he said, I tell you what, you're offering lame, blind, broken legged lambs on the offering. That's the way they worship back then. And what would you do if you did the governor that way? I mean, I mean, there's no way you would be embarrassed if you treated the, the hot shot of the community the way you're treating me. And many times, that's what we do with God. I've mentioned this before. Many people will, will just go and blow and do everything. There's nothing wrong with recreation and having fun on Saturday. But many people say, well, I'll, Sunday morning, if I can crawl out of bed by 10 a.m., I know I go to work every morning at 8, but man, Sundays at 10 are so hard. Man, I just barely get to church, and I do get there at 10.15 or 10.20. I'll make it through halfway through Sunday school. Or since I was too tired, I just won't even go to Sunday school. I'll just make it, and I'll barely make it for preaching at 10.50 or 11 o'clock. But what... What is that? That's the same thing as right here. We're giving, we're giving, oh, it's all I, God, that's all I can squeeze out for you this week. And just give God a little bit. And it's the God who's given you life. It's the God who's given you a home in heaven. It's the God who's given, who sent His Son to die for you. How many of us? I mean, Abraham was asked to give up his only son. Matter of fact, I've got to preach on that this week, and or in the conference actually next week. And uh, Abraham, seeing, and then the angel said, and God spoke, and the angel was up there and said, "Hey, don't, don't, don't kill Isaac." He said, "See, seeing that you have not withheld thine only son." Which was just crazy. That was a crazy request that God asked Abraham to slay. That just didn't make sense. Especially, but we get a glimpse of what he was thinking. In Hebrews chapter 11, if you read on down, it says that God says, I'm going to, he has blessed me, he's blessed me, and here I am over a hundred years old, and I'm going to go ahead and do this. And because He's blessed me, He's taken care, good care of me, and I, I don't want to disobey Him anymore. 
How many of you, you know what God has got you through in your life? Many times when, we're, when we doubt Him again, He's wondering, why have you, you see what I've got you through. Why are you doubting me again? And as we look, God, giving God the leftovers, talking about verses 7 through 8, and exactly how that they did that. Move on down to verse 10. Well, let me read verse 9 and 10 together. I'm still in Malachi chapter 1. And now I pray you beseech God, or beg God, that He will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means... Will he regard your persons? In other words, uh, you get God's attention. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for nothing. It says for naught or for nothing. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. In other words, who is there even among you that would shut the doors for nothing? Or do kindle the fire on mine altar for nothing. In other words, listen to me very closely. And you've got it right there in your bulletin outline. And this is it. Worship or sacrifice. To them it was sacrifice. Okay? When you're serving God, cost you nothing. I want to come to church. I want preacher, I want you to be quick. I've got food to eat and places to go. I want it now. Give me a number three to go. Preacher, that'll, that'll work right there. Give me a number three to go. I want church and service that costs me nothing. What? You need a $100 bill? Okay, here's a cotton-picking $100 bill. I want it quick, easy, inexpensive, and I want out of here. That's the way our society in the U.S. is wired. And most people want God and church that way. Quick, easy, and inexpensive. What's the cheapest we can get it done for? Man, let's get it done cheap, quick, easy. Man, people in church need to do things. We don't, I mean, we don't have time to spend money in repairing stuff and doing this. Let's just get it quick, easy, inexpensive. That's the way I want, and that's the way I want my worship to God to be. But He's saying here, if you want to come to church and offer on the altar for nothing, He says, I won't even pay you any mind. Now, you've heard preachers and missionaries preach this and say this. I know you probably get sick and tired of it. I, when we got so much, we got gimmicks and gadgets. I had my my Bible out on my phone this morning. Laid my phone right here because it's heavy and I didn't want it. Man, we got gadgets. We got Facebook. We got this. We got that. We got this. We got so much stuff. Many of us can't do without it, man. Somebody may text me. Man, some preachers, hurry up. Somebody's got a Facebook message waiting on me. We've got so much stuff. Some people in here don't even know what that means, but that's okay. And uh, we got all this stuff going on. We can't even disconnect for 30 minutes, much less an hour. I mean, just, just cut the cord, throw the battery out, do something, have a fast for 
six hours from your cell phone. Man, some of you would go nuts. You can't do it, wouldn't do it, don't even. But many of us, he's saying that we give God our scraps and our leftovers. We, we cannot disconnect and focus on His Word for 30 minutes and sit there and say, God, speak to me this morning. So many of us are stuck in a rut and we hear preachers and missionaries say, well, over here in this country they'll sit for three hours and listen to preaching. They may even fall asleep like the fellow did on Paul, but he preached till midnight. And then... He got a resurrection, but they don't have a TV and ESPN to go home to. That's the reason. They might as well sit with a bunch of other folks and be hungry and hear their stomachs growl too. But that's why we're spoiled. If we could ever get a glimpse of that, if you could ever get a glimpse of that, Malachi chapter 3. He said, because of that, oh, by the way, he gives a prophecy in verse 11. I'm going to the Gentiles. Israel, you're going, to, you're going down. Y'all don't care about me. You think I'm worthless. And guess what? In 350 years, you're going to reject my son. It's approximately 350 to 400 years later that Jesus was born from this time. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. <laughs> Even from, your, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from mine ordinances. You don't read my word anymore. You don't, listen to my, you don't listen to my preachers. I send prophets, they preach to you, and you could care less about listening to them. That's what verse 7 is all about. Have not kept them, return unto me. I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? You, yet you say, Yet you have robbed me, but you say, how did we rob you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me. And what the whole point was, now he wasn't saying, hey, where's your check? Where's your money? That's not what God was saying. He's saying, you don't even care enough to bring a broken-legged lamb to me anymore. And you sure don't care about listening to me. He says, you don't even keep my ordinances. Basically, you, you don't pray. You don't read my word. You're robbing me of time. And I'm just, I just want you to come to church and give the lamb, which is part of their worship. Did you know that our, our offerings, when we give, when, <clears throat> whenever these young people come up here and, you know, this church here, and they drop a dollar or something in, and, or you give it and you can say, I say, oh, Granddaddy, Dad, I need a dollar, I need a quarter to give, please, please, please. And he's like, oh, man, oh, here you go, finally, a dollar. And they give it, or, you know, sometimes we, I've seen people give, I've seen people put stuff in the offering plate going, oh, take it, go. You know, the Bible said in that first verse that God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, because it's supposed to be a part of our worship. God, man, I could use this 10%, I know. But thank you, Lord. This is what we're supposed to do. Thank you for, 
given that I can even do this. I don't even think without your blessing that I could even do this to begin with. I'm just glad that I can do this. That's the, that's the attitude he wants us to have. Sure, you say, well, yeah, that's, whew, that's 10%, man. That's, or let some people 11, 12, whatever. I, I could really use that to repair the truck or something. I don't know. But, God, I'm so thankful that I've got this. I want to give it back to you. Because he gave it all to us to begin with. And that's why he's saying in Malachi 3, Wherein have we robbed thee? I don't understand. And then he says this, Return unto me. Come back to me. Worship me. Come back to church. He says, You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. And basically what this last part is, is put God to the test. Just put Him to the test. You say, well, I just don't see where this faith promise thing is. You know, I just... I, I Preacher, you can preach all that you want. I'm just going to write my same check I've been writing for the last ever how long. I just don't understand. Well, he just says, put them to the test. Just, just go ahead, try me. Matter of fact, he says that about, just forget about, you say, well, I didn't, forget about money. Just put them to the test and try coming to church on Sunday night. Put them to see what God will do. Just saying, I, yeah, I know I should come back, but man, after nap time and this and that, and that's normal time for this and this and this, and I, God just says, put me to the test. Just see. All He wants is your heart. That's it. That's all He wants. <clears throat> As we prepare for a hymn invitation, I ask you this morning to put God to the test. And it's not about giving more. It's not if you if you think that's what Brother Michael has been preaching about, and I and I have failed to communicate. There I have messed up. It's about God wanting your heart. All these other things are saying, God, thank you for giving to me. I'm thankful to be able to give back to you. And if you wanted to, a challenge to your faith, to say, well, I, I do tithe and I, I have participated in faith promise, but kind of let up. But God just says, put me to the test. I haven't been coming like I normally do. I don't really come on Sunday nights and God says, put me to the test. Just see. I want to bless you. I want to give you more. Surely we don't need to give God our leftovers. Lame and broken and blind and Whatnot. Look what he's done for us.